Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 326. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett jumps into Mario Golf, Mario Golf Super Rush on the Switch. He plays some of it. He talks about it. It's a time he had. And we'll jump into that with Sea of Thieves that we streamed this last week on Wednesday. And it was the new DLC from A Pirate's Life. And we had a blast there was a little excursion where treasure was stolen from somebody else, and there was a big hunt for us because we're pirates and it's a life for us. And in the gaming news, we talk about Sony is buying a really awesome studio. Cyberpunk is now quite satisfied with their games, and does anybody care? I don't know. Ghost of Tsushima is revealing a director's cut coming to the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. And then Remedy reveals a new Control multiplayer spinoff, which should be amazing, along with some news about Konami. And we're starting something new, guys. I'm not going to talk about it here, but you're going to hear all about about it in the next segment we bring up. And uh, lastly, topic of the show. Uh, what are some of the games that are fundamentally changed by how we play games? This is a user-submitted question, and we dive into some awesome, awesome things that we didn't realize didn't exist all the time. Yeah. So it's going to be a great discussion. Stay tuned for that and cue that music. Welcome to the It is July 6, 2021. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. Uh, things are about to change for the better here at the Inner Gamer. You ready for this, Austin? Are you excited? You excited for these? I'm excited. All right, everybody. Starting today, we are officially switching to a bi-weekly release schedule. That means that you're not going to get us in your feed every single week like you used to. You're going to get us every other week so that we have more time to play games and create content that matters to you. So you're going to hear us on July 6th, and then you got to wait a week. And then the week after that, you're going to hear us again. I think that's July 20th, I believe. Um, so two, maybe three podcasts a month will be what you'll be hearing instead of the one. But don't worry, because there's much, much more that we're going to be talking about shortly that will allow you to keep engaged with us all throughout that course of time. Um, and I'll also, if you ever want to join us in our Discord channel, you can definitely check us out there. We'll still be posting our social p- posting content. We'll still be engaging with our Discord and our Patreon subscribers, which leads me to the next topic of conversation, which is our Patreon. So speaking of Patreon, we are introducing a new segment called the bonus level. Bonus level, bonus level, bonus level. I don't know. We need some kind of cool, yeah. cool court. Cool. The bonus <laughs> level, 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 level. It's perfect. There you go. Look at that. That's that. Uh, we got it. Well, All right. This is gonna be one extra news article per episode, reserved exclusively for Patreon subscribers at the three dollar tier or higher. So if you're subscribed to us on Patreon currently at higher than three dollars, which if you're on the five dollar tier, then you are, uh, you will be getting this in your inboxes every other week so it'll be actually what we'll probably do is release the podcast and then the week that you don't have a podcast the patreon subscribers will get a news article does that sound good does that make sense yeah that makes sense yeah because then you can we can like edit together and then throw it out the next week and boom got extra content coming so 
for the month of July, you're going to get the bonus level content included in the podcast. So you can get a little teaser of what types of articles and things we'll be covering. Um, and then starting in August, it won't be available anymore. And you'll have to go to Patreon to make sure you continue to get that content. So make sure you go and subscribe on Patreon to $3 tier or higher. Uh, that tier should be live by the time you listen to this podcast and uh, get our bonus level so you can listen and, you know, engage more with the inner gamer. So definitely exciting stuff yeah. right oh yeah and uh you can head over to the patreon.com slash the inner gamer to contribute or just go to the innergamer.net and click our donate button and that will be the way you can do it as well and as always you can tune in to watch us on our twitch channel at twitch.tv slash every wednesday at 7 p.m central time sometimes so that's thursdays. always happening sometimes thursdays yes it's probably It'll, gonna be well going week. now it's always gonna be wednesday um i'm not gonna skip wednesday oh, oh, okay. yes i'm always gonna i'm gonna make it now that I got my time bonus. off, I want to make it happen because nice. I want to make sure we're consistent with it. So bonus Thursdays sometimes. Bonus Thursdays, yeah. Unless there's a rare event that like, you know, happy hour comes up or something like that, then <laughs> we may adjust it. But I'll try and make sure that that's like there we got go. somebody to cover us. But definitely Wednesdays, sometimes bonus Thursdays. Um, that's my goal, at least. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, we played Sea of Thieves last week. Which, oh, we'll talk about that actually in the podcast. Oh, that's yeah. another game we can talk yeah. about. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. Wow, how do we forget that? Anyway. I have no idea. Anyway, so let's talk about the games we've been playing, y'all. All right, here we go. You ready for this? I'm first ready. up. What are we talking about first? Mario Golf Super Rush. Okay, cool. We got Mario Golf Super Rush, everybody. This game has come out. We've been waiting on a Mario Golf game for a very long time. I personally have never been into a Mario Golf game, like in the past. I never played on the 64 or anything like that. But I've always been intrigued by the idea. And I was very much excited about playing um, a new Mario Golf game on the Switch. So I bought this game. I jumped into it. I played um, probably four hours at this point, um, maybe three and a half, but probably more like four. Um, and I've tried all the different modes that are in here. So with Mario Golf Super Rush, um, one of the biggest changes to it is, uh, actually, I don't know if this is even in the old ones, but there's a story mode called Golf Adventure. And in Golf Adventure, you start out, you take your me character that you already have built into the, the Nintendo system, and that me character will be your player. So you're a new rookie that's coming to, basically, they had at the beginning of the game, there's this like showcase of like all the best, you know, um, all the best uh, uh, players, golfers, which is like Mario and... Uh, Wario and Bowser and all these different people that are competing in all the battle mode. So all the best. All in there. Uh, no. Oh man. Yeah. So not at you... that. Not in that cutscene. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. So they're having a big okay. battle mode, and of course, at the very end, like Mario wins and he does a good job, and it's like, oh my gosh, Mario won, blah blah. So then you are coming in as like new recruits to get recruited into playing and eventually going to the championship. So you have to learn how to play golf and become better to get good and be able to compete in the final championships. And that's kind of the, the, the narrative that they're setting up for this game. And the first like 45 minutes were like all tutorial and like really slow moving stuff. And I was about ready to quit playing it because I was just getting so frustrated by how slow everything was. And it's like, you're doing little tiny things of just like basic, you know, small micro um, experiments. So how to put different levels and stuff like that, which is cool because it told me different things about like the mechanics of the game, but there was so much dialogue and stuff in between it of just like nonsense dialogue that was trying to like push the story along. But again, the story is very not much there. Um, so that's what kind of threw me off a little bit, but it was good to have the tutorials because there is a lot of depth to the, and nuance to the way you shoot and the way you play because 
you know, you can judge your, um, <coughs> you can dictate your uh, distance by pressing down. You basically have one button you use throughout the majority of the game, and that's your A button. So you press A to start the uh, the speed meter. The speed meter will go up, and you press it when you want to stop. And then it'll show you on the meter where the put the uh, hole is if the hole is within range of your putt with the club you're using. So if not, though, it's just you just have a range of how many yards you can hit with that putt, with that with that club. Um, but if it's in there, like it'll show you like the spot where you're going to you're intending to stop hitting. And then it also shows this like gradation going up the up the uh, bar that indicates the roll. Um, based on the wind speed and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, if you hit the ball and it lands, it's going to roll up to this much in this range. So you got to kind of compensate for that in the game. Um, and then after you figure out your speed, you can then, um, you have this option to change the curvature of your spin. So you can like press the controller left, right, up or down to either do a forward spin, a back spin, a left spin or right spin. And you can even do that multiple times depending on how far you're throwing. So if you're throwing like 200 yards, you can actually have two sections where you can like have it curved to the left and then curve to the right if you want to. No, that's not like that. Oh, That's just based off of the fact that you're on a hill and (coughs) Uh, it's going to be curving that direction naturally. Gotcha. And there's these things like this little, there's like these red pieces that kind of fan out from the side of it. That basically is indicating that at once you get to that point, the further it fans out, the less control of the ball, the less control your ball is going to have as you go through mm. the air based on the position you are on the field and how you're hitting and stuff like that. So Whoa. you'll get more curve. You'll have a harder time of getting it to land exactly where you want. So you have to kind of compensate for that stuff Man. when you're playing through the game. So there's a lot of like details and nuances with um, shooting it, which is really cool. I mean, they they did a good job with the mechanics of making it not just like a you know point and click kind of situation. You actually have to think about it a little bit to really get good shots, and sometimes wow. it's hard. Um, so don't get in the grass. Don't get in the grass. No, definitely not. Like you know, we're watching a video right now. There's a part where you have a grid that will show up on your screen, and it's uh, the the blue indications are it's on a decline the red is that it's on an incline and then there's also the these little lines that like kind of go a direction like as like a vibration that should indicate which direction the wind is flowing so it helps you detect like how you should adjust your shot when you hit it to um to land in the right spot so and what's up with these supers um yeah so you get supers so you have like a charge meter basically as you're playing and you do really well you can charge up your ball so there's a little meter below your name that will eventually lead up to the this golf ball and when you hit the golf ball you have a supercharger so whenever you go to hit you can press uh the l button and that'll basically like supercharge your shot to give you maximum strength and speed to hit the ball as far as it can go for your first putt or your first hit which is cool so you can use that to kind of give yourself an advantage on the field um, as you're playing Yoshi's makes everybody's ball an egg. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every, every character has a different ability. That's Most nice. of the abilities are like, you just hit the ball. Like I forgot what, what it's called, but it's like you, you have forced the ball. Oh, if you hit somebody else's ball, it like knocks them out of the way. Um, but some of them will, yeah, turn into an egg. Some of them will turn them into a ghost or something like that. Cause it was like, they had the ghost character in here. Wow. Um, a bunch of different things like that, but Mechanically, it's really cool. The, the The golf adventure mode, I mean, it's it's interesting. I'm hoping it gets better, like story wise. But I finally got to where I had to play a course, and you do have to play through golf adventure to unlock new golf courses. 
So I like I was going to say I shouldn't play. I don't want to play golf adventure. But now that I think about it, I have to play golf adventure <laughs> if I want to unlock more courses. Because at the start, you only get two courses mm-hmm. unlocked. And that's the beginner's course. And then there's one that's just like a green fairway or a green course. But there's different courses that are like in snow and in the desert and like different biomes and things like that that you definitely want to eventually like unlock and play with. Um, but unfortunately, it took a while to get to those things sounds like you gotta get busy i know a lot of work to do and it is four player um so you can play with up to four people either local or online um online play as far as i can tell is just with friends like you can't play against randos or anything like that you can only play against friends and then local play is you know traditional local play so you have four people together you can either use the same controller or you can like link them together so you can like have four joy cons and share those or you can have one joy con and pass it around or whatever you want to do so that's kind of cool with this because you're not all playing at the same time you can share your controllers and stuff like that because it's just one after the other Um, so there's also weather effects and stuff like that in the game Um, there's two new modes that they brought in here that are interesting one is not as good as i was hoping it would be and the other one is good but it's not like oh my gosh this is the most amazing thing ever but they have a speed golf which is their turn take on a just a more kind of party based golf game. So with speed golf, what they do is you um, it's just like a normal golf game. So it's like nine holes, 18 holes, whatever you want to play. But whenever you hit instead of it, just like your character just eventually going to the next hole and you just go through each person, everybody hits at the same time and they have to then run to their ball as fast as they can and you have a sprint that you use that runs out way too fast and then there's like coins along the way as you're running and there's little hearts and the hearts will revive your sprint like meter your stamina meter um and you run to the next place in order to hit your ball again so you keep doing it to like be the first person to sink a shot and i don't know if you get any extra points for sinking the shot faster but really it's just about how many strokes you have Um, but sometimes I think it could be based on speed and there's a timer. So there's a timer that you have every time you hit the ball, you get more time added to your timer. But if you like sit there and take too much time trying to like make your shot happen, you could lose and fail out that round, that hole because you weren't moving fast enough. Um, interesting. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of fun if everybody's here. I think so. I think that would be much more interesting. I mean, we'd all have four controllers at that point, you know, to play, but I mean, again, like the joy cons would be super easy. Yeah. So I think it would be a good, good, social game for sure um and then you have battle of golf which battle of golf is basically you're in an arena and there's a whole bunch of holes and there's probably like eight or nine of them and it's the first to to sink three balls wins so it's again a free-for-all and there you start out at the same place and you have to hit and try and try and hit into one of the 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 holes somewhere and once that hole is hit into that hole goes away and then you have to try and hit into other holes so everybody is trying to fight for it. But if like you're going for one hole and you're so close to it and then somebody else beats you to it, then you're screwed. You just miss that hole and now you have to find another hole. So you could have like spent so much time and strokes to like get to one. I mean, strokes don't matter, but you could have spent so much time getting to one and then find out, oh crap, they got to that one before me. Now I have to go to another hole. So there's this really interesting, interesting like kind of, you know, challenge to it that you have to pay attention to where people are trying to go for yeah and get more points than everybody else and then there's environmental challenges so like you know those um 
the 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 black ball character on the chain was a chomper or whatever yeah um he's at certain holes so like if you go near the hole and you're standing there you're about to like hit your putt he might like launch out at you and bite you which will like knock you back a little bit and make you miss your shot so there's like different environmental challenges in the way that can uh slow you down and make it tougher so that one i think would be really fun with friends to play because just like you know you're running around it's really zany and crazy and you're just trying to hit as fast as you can to get three holes in. And I feel like the game modes would be really quick too, like 10 minutes tops probably. <laughs> um, so I think that'd be a fun game. Well, I probably think we drinking. should drink and play this game. <laughs> Not going to lie. It should happen. I'm definitely on board with that. I think it'd be worth it. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, as far as like overall, like the thing with this game is it's a $60 game as all Nintendo games are. Yeah. I feel like it's it's not going to really be super fun long term by yourself, but I think with friends it's really good. So I feel like if you have a group of friends to play with, that's where this game will really shine. Is being able to play with them together and having some of that, um, you know, being able because there's there's a lot of downtime if you're playing against computers. There's a lot of boring downtime between plays. Yeah. But if you're playing with friends, there's not because you're sitting there like rooting on or not rooting on your friends, you know, as you're playing, and it makes them much more engaging than just like watching three computers you don't care about. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be great to have this at an event of some kind that may be coming up in the near future at that's some right. point. But uh, you know, drinking and playing. I I think so. I think that would definitely be a winner. This some Super Smash Brothers, some freaking uh, you know, Mario Kart. I mean, uh, yeah, all of them together would be great. Mario Party, yeah. <laughs> Mario Party, that's I right. I don't have any more. Oh, you don't? But you sold no, that I too. Sold it back, yeah. Oh my goodness! No one's playing it. And I was this like, guy why freaking I, sells everything. Why am I? Why do I have this game if we're not even using it? I mean, we'll use even it even when we went get to, together. Quarantine even, happened, man. During events, wait, what? Yeah, during quarantine, no one played that game. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Quarantine happened, we couldn't play together. Oh, I know. But even at events, they, people weren't playing it, because it just yeah. it would take too long. It took four to five minutes, and you had to sit there the whole time. It's not an event. It definitely isn't a game for events. It's like... If you have some friends over... with your friends, yeah. Then, yeah, that's probably what's going to it's gonna work out for you. It's okay, I still have it, so we can okay. play on my console. Yeah. I've been buying all my Nintendo games, like, uh, digital. Like, I haven't oh, bought... Nice. I bought, like, two physical games ever on the console. Nice. It's just so easy to buy it digital, and... Yeah, surprisingly, more and more. I don't run out of space. Really? Yeah. Well, you must delete some. I got I like, ran out of space. I got like 25 games on there right now. I've deleted a lot because yeah. I don't play them, so I was like, why do I even have them? Right. I will delete them as a, like if I beat them or if I'm like, oh, I'm done with this game. Like I've played enough of it. I'll delete it for a little while and maybe add it back in. Yeah. But I, I do have probably 20 games installed on there. So I have all the Jackbox games, but they're not like big games for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Like Hades isn't very big. Um, the biggest games I have are Pokemon Snap and Mario Golf Super Rush. And that's it. Probably. So, yeah. Makes sense. Mario Kart. Mario Kart's always installed. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. and Super Smash. So, that's four games. Ooh, and Mario Party. So, I have five installed. Anyway. Busy. So, what else have we been playing this week, Austin? We've been playing some Sea of Thieves. The new uh, Pirates Life DLC came out, and it is. Not bad, but not yeah. as good as I wanted it to be so far. We only played one one level, or one mission, one tell, one tall tale. Yep. And there's four available or five. Five. Oh, yeah. Better. I had to look it up, and there is indeed five. So we 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 jumped into that, and you got to go to this. Well, I get yeah. You select it from the main menu. You start off on this island, 
and you go find this lady, and I forget what her name was. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. And she, she, well, on, on, behind her is like the missions you can select, so everyone has to go select it, which took a second to figure out. Yeah. Then there's actually dialogue from this lady, which was awesome to hear. And um, then she sends you on your way, and you get on your ship, and you go through this portal that's in between two giant rocks. It's like a green glowing thing. And I thought that was pretty awesome because I was like, hey, guys, because she was showing you like this, the boat going into a portal above this fire that she has. And then you look out into the distance and there it is. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it sends you into um, Davy Jones's locker, I guess. I forgot what they officially call it. Yeah, I guess that's where that was. But it's where the dead go when you see him on the ships from Pirates of the Caribbean. By the way, this is based on Pirates of the Caribbean from Disney. Yeah. And. So you see, like you go into this spooky astral plane on your ship, and you see all these dead people on little rowboats going into the distance, and then you get you get through this area and find this bigger island, and we get on that, and we uh, dock our ship, we go on, we go in, we go through this cave, and it turns out that we're going through a Disney ride in this game. Yeah, because it has all this like old timey uh voices that seem like they're definitely dated yeah and not recorded currently and i was just like why does this sound so weird and then you find out that that was basically a recreation of the ride yeah i was like it's kind of cool yeah but at the same time i was like this is kind of a waste of time because i just want to get to all the cutscenes and find jack sparrow which you eventually find jack sparrow and um but i mean there's some puzzles there along the way and then you get to this bigger area outside of this cave which took about like fifteen minutes to get through. It felt yeah. like I thought it was pretty interesting. Now, looking back on it, I was I, at first I was because I just never I haven't done the ride before. It's not well, if you haven't been on the ride, it's the nostalgia is not really there, and it's just like kind of confusing as to what's going on. But if you have been on the ride, I feel like it's really special because mm-hmm. it's like oh, it's like I'm reminiscing on the ride experience and that's true all that stuff. But the the puzzles were I mean they were a little long. But it was kind of interesting for, I mean, it's more than I've ever seen on a CFD's game, like, yeah. you know, in a oh, while. Yeah. So that was kind of nice to see. But, yeah. And then the open area part that we, we encountered was also interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to, like, I mean, knowing that there's, like, so many things to do in that space that you eventually in, interact with at some point or another. But, like, how you approach it is very, it's linear, but it's still interesting that you're like just in one big like island area and you just have to go here you go there you see all the things you can eventually get to but you can't all get to them yet um and trying to like figure out how to get to each piece like there was a lighthouse we couldn't get into and eventually yeah. we figure out how to get a lighthouse and yeah that ship with the sails and stuff like that we were like how do we get there and eventually it opened up you know through playing other pieces so there's a lot of puzzles and platforming which is fairly simple and you know for it being so simple i wonder during during the stream, I was like, "This is what see if these needed a while ago, like just little things like this, like little missions and you know platforming and some dialogue would have been nice, and they haven't added that, but um now that I think about it, I wonder if I would have been like, This is really cheesy, this is really low quality content. Maybe I'm just so happy that it's in there because it hasn't been there hasn't been anything like that in here." Yeah. Well, I guess the tall tells might have had some of that, but they did. Yeah. We haven't really not to that extent, but yeah. yeah. Like early on, like little things like this would have gone a long way, honestly. Yeah. 
And there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of pieces that I feel like we haven't even seen in the game yet that they've introduced. That that's true because we haven't played a lot. Because there, I didn't realize there's four tall tale, tall tales that have come prior to this one, right? That they brought out that are multi parts. So it's not like you just have one tall tale, but there's one of them that's like a five parter. There's one that's like three parts. There's one that's like four parts like each one has a different like set of parts to it yeah and they are voice acted they are fully like built out they're not as built out as this because this one i think what i've been reading is like an eight hour campaign so when we finish all five of them we're gonna have invested like eight hours to it and which is free and it's free yeah and that's huge i think to like have that and you know when cfd's launched it it was such a great concept and it was a blast to just sit there and just like sail the high seas but it got really flat really quick because it's like eventually after three or four hours you're doing the same thing on different islands it's like oh you're grabbing treasure here you're grabbing treasure there you're fighting the same skeletons over and over again yeah there wasn't a lot of depth to it beyond just the really cool mechanics but right right i'm glad that they've stuck with it and have been able to really i mean where it's at now is a steal i think for a game i mean with this new story campaign which you know it's not amazing but it's definitely like I think pretty high quality. Um, and so far I've had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all the other tall tales we haven't explored yet. There's yeah. a whole bunch of new like vendors you can go to, to like get new cool gear and stuff like that, that have different challenges and abilities. Oh and, yeah. Um, last time we played actual, like the tall tale was before they had checkpoints in the tall tales. Oh. Cause before you had to complete it or you lose all your progress. Now they have it where you can complete uh, different sections along the way and it'll save your progress. So when you go back to it, you can just start where you left off and you don't have to start all over again because some of the tall tales can take quite a while because there's a bunch of puzzles and you have to figure out where island is. And yeah, it's just, it gets complicated um, from what we tried. So yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely quality of life has improved tenfold in this game. Yeah. Um, which I've really enjoyed, but I, I'm excited to play more of the tall tales. I'm, um, now that we've gone through the pirates of the Caribbean ride part of it. Like, I'm curious to see what, where we go next. Like, are we yeah. going to be back in this whole mystical thing or like what, what are the next adventures that we're going to go on? Um, so well, we've, re- we've already found David Jones, but we haven't got a cutscene with him yet. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, Jack, I I felt like because first you, you eventually you find Jack Sparrow and you release him from captivity on this boat and then the pirate the the little ghost captain was like you shouldn't have done this you're messing with forces you don't understand or something like that and then David Jones comes and then all these little all of his little minions like come up on the actual boat and you have to fight them and I felt like that whole sequence was really long and it was nice to fight other things that aren't freaking skeletons for a change yeah. but uh, I felt like. There was, I wanted more to happen, and it was very repetitive that that at during that part of the mission because those um, minions would come on board, you'd kill them, they, uh, a few waves of them would come, and then Davy Jones' ship would you know pop up and then go underwater, and then you'd just be like, "What's going on?" And eventually, Jack Sparrow was fighting some giant crab thing, which you couldn't help him with, and that took freaking forever. And I was like, "Why is this?" It just felt like there's a lot of downtime. And it just was a little boring towards the end. At the beginning, yeah. it was very exciting because it's all new and different. And then it's just like, okay, this part is dragged on way too long. I yeah, I mean, I 
I do agree with that because I feel like every piece of it, it was just a little bit too long. Yeah. Like not, not only just that part, but like the puzzle part was a little bit too long. The island hunting part was a little too long. Like there's a lot of it where like they could have cut out like one step probably and would have been much better experience. Cause like eventually you're sitting yeah. there when you're fighting Davy Jones's ship, it kind of hurt me a little bit when I realized, and I'm sorry for like slight spoilers here, but there was a part where you're fighting a ship. Um, I mean, it's just early still that we haven't, we're not going to spoil any other parts of it, but there is a, like the ship keeps coming up and down and up and down. And I'm like thinking that there'd be some progress bar or something to show me like how much damage we're dealing or whatever. And it's really, it's, it's a set piece and it's just, you keep shooting at it and it's not really doing any damage. I mean, I don't think you could die from that part. It's just, you keep shooting at it and shooting at it for like five, six, seven times of it coming up. And then eventually it initiates the next section of then, you know, when their skeletons are there or not skeletons, but the creatures are on the ship, then you can die, but not from the ship itself. I don't think. And it was just like, okay, well basically my actions here to shoot this ship aren't really having any impact. Yeah. Cause I'm not making this thing die any faster. So what's the point? And so with the lore, with Davy Jones's ship, it's like, his ship already goes underwater, so even if you damage it, like you're not doing anything, right? Because I mean, if it sinks, well, I mean, it's kind of it already sinks itself, so yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, it's just a waste of time. But, but I mean, I get what the lore is, so yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like why are we spending our time shooting it then if it's like you yeah, know, what's the anything. purpose? So, well, I mean, for me, like the illusions are already spoiled because I already I, I've seen the movie, I get it, like right. I understand it. Um, but you know, it, it was a little fun. They shot back at us and we got damaged and then I ended up dying on the on the ghost ship and it turns out that's the ship of the the damned when you yeah. when you die in Sea of Thieves like you just go to that ship so it's like I automatically spawn there and I was like yeah. oh, okay cool I get it I get it and then when you leave that mission you go through the door on the ship like you would if you died and that takes you back to your real ship in the real world and I was like that's kind of cool that's yeah. a good transition. No, I like that a lot. And you sail into the sunset, and the sun comes up, and it's pretty cinematic. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's a good end to this this telltale. Yeah, yeah. No, I if I, if I were to rate it right now, I'd probably give it an eight. Um, is where I'd stand with it. I mean, it was really good. Um, not like you know a a plus style or anything like that, but an eight's really good score for for that. So that would be my my review for the first part of the five parter of the Pirates Life. Yeah. Well, we're going to play more for sure this week too. So it should be fun. I guess Sarah had fun. Yeah, I think so. So we got out of that and, uh, you want to tell them about our little boat, your little boat extravaganza? Oh my God. Yeah. Cause then Austin was like, I got to go to bed. And I was like, okay, Austin, you go to bed. And me and Travis and Sarah decided that we would just continue sailing for a little bit. And we saw on the map that there was a ship that had, was flying the flag. And I thought it was just like the flag of, you know, where uh, we want to be targeted kind of flag, but no, that flag was the Reaper's Bounty. So they have collected, so there's this new area called the Reaper's Hideout that you can go to and talk to a couple of people to unlock a, um, to basically unlock new missions. And doing those missions levels up your, uh, your reputation with that group. And it's on this special island. And one of the missions will take you out 
to get the Reaper's bounty, and it's a chest that glows that makes you a target on the map. And everybody that's in the game can see you because you have that chest on your on your person. But if you turn it in, you get ten thousand dollars. So that's really cool. So it's like worth a lot of money. Real so, money, guys. Ten thousand grand. Real, real money. <laughs> so we have that, and we see this this ship out in the distance, and we're like, we're gonna go get that ship, not realizing that this is what they have. So we go up, roll up on them. You know, we we get our cannons out. We're so ready I was to go here for this part. Oh, you were? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, so we roll up on them. We get our I'm cannons out. I'm the one out. who got the the Reaper's bounty and brought it to the ship. Oh, that's thought Sarah did. No, I did that. Oh, okay. Well, Sarah. Okay. So Austin did it, and um, yeah, I thought Sarah did it. Okay. Okay. Well, so what happened was. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so so we start finding the ship. I guess Austin gets Reaper's Bounty. We now have it as a target. Well, we roll up on circles on the ship, and it turns out that there's another there's a sleuth fighting yeah. the big ship. And so we roll up on this action and we're all trying to attack and everyone's attacking everybody and you know it gets pretty crazy. And so eventually I jumped on their ship because I think they rammed us or something like that. And so I killed their whole ship. And one of their guys was on our ship, and so obviously I lowered their anchor and mm-hmm. got the bounty, and I went and swam over, and this guy killed me, and Travis wasn't able to help me, but then eventually Travis killed that guy. Mm-hmm. And I think Sarah had got, actually picked it up from the water and put it on the ship. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when did you log off? I logged off um, when they started burning our ship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause and then you're that, just that's like, when, this is all the, over now. Yeah, because we're trying to figure out like uh, what that chest was or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, th- I was like, Reaper's Bounty, like that's new and it's glowing and stuff. So that must be like, I was like, this has to be one of those things where it it spots you out if you have it yeah. on the map. And so that went on for a while. Our ship was catching on fire and I was like, I got to go, guys. I can't stay on here anymore. Yeah. Well, so after you logged off, we decided to, we finally figured out where we're supposed to take it. Because we thought we could just go to an island. That's where we first went. Yeah. And we go to this island, and I, I get off with Sarah, and I'm running around, and I'm going to every single vendor. I'm like, nope, they won't take it. They don't take it. They don't take it. I'm like, son of a bitch. And then meanwhile, the other team had like docked their ship, and I thought they were about to come find us. And I was like, oh, God, we're going to run into them somewhere. And fortunately, they never, they never did come after us. But we eventually got back on our ship. Well, what they were doing was they are fighting Travis on the ship. Yeah. So that <laughs> was Lost fun. the ship. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, this was before we lost the ship. Oh, okay. Yeah, we hadn't lost the ship yet, thank God. But uh, we were over there and finally got back on the ship. Our Travis had killed off one of the guys that was on our ship, and then we sailed off, and we're like, oh, God, I hope they don't chase us. Of course, he started chasing us. So we finally realized we had to go to the Reaper's hideout. We go to the Reaper's hideout. We get there, jump off again. Like, Travis, stay on the ship, defend it for your life, whatever. Wait, so who you, – you had the chest, right, or Sarah had a chest? So I had the chest on the first first – Island and you jumped okay. I Who jumped, jumped out, out of the water like super far away from Reaper's hideout. That was you, wasn't it? Well, I had no, that would have been Sarah. I think someone had jumped out super far out from the Reaper's hideout. Maybe it was me, or maybe it was the first island you went to. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I know. I, I mean, I, I did jump out pretty, pretty far out because I thought because there was like sub islands that had like little like huts on them and stuff mm. like that. So I thought maybe one of those was the places we were supposed to drop it off at. So I was going to check that out. It wasn't it. So we kept on going. I looked around a little bit to try and find a place to drop it. Couldn't find it. And I think I, I either I gave it to Sarah or Sarah just had it from the beginning. I don't remember. No, I was dropped. I jumped out early to go scout. That's what I did. I jumped out early to go scout the island. And then she was going to bring the chest in once they got around the edge. So I went scouting and stuff like that. Didn't find 
I eventually found some people. So I was like, Sarah, try this person, try this person, try this person. None of them would take it. I looked it up and it's supposed to be some dude that's like not a human that's there somewhere. So I had already fallen off the top because I was trying to platform over to this other place, fell off in the water and she keeps looking for the guy. can't find the guy. And she's like, I don't think the guy's here. And I think we were supposed to have unlocked like this, uh, this like group before we actually were able to turn anything in. Oh man. So we couldn't like sell to anybody. So meanwhile, so, the ship is here. Is this the sleuth that was following? The no, it's the bigger ship. Okay. Yeah. So they followed you because it was theirs. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So the bigger ship at this point was destroying Travis. And by the time we got back there, he had lost the ship. And we were both thinking, me and Sarah were like, oh, it's fine. Like we can just, we can just keep finding, finding where to drop this off and it'll be, it'll be great. But then we all died. So then we lost the chest and then spawned back at this island. And at this island, there was a guy there that I thought was part of that other crew that was just waiting for us to kill us. Turns out he's just some random dude that was just hanging out this island playing PVP, just waiting for people to spawn in so he could kill them. What? And then so he was on voice chat and he's like, oh, hey, guys, how's it going? Come and get me. Come and get me. Yeah, come and get me. And we start chasing him a little bit. And then he eventually kills me and I spawn in again. And he's like... Hey guys, I'm just here playing PVP, you know, not no big deal. And then so I get on mic finally and I'm like, Oh, Hey, like we're, we just died like by some people on this boat with a chest and we're just about to get off. And he's like, Oh, cool. Well, he's like, well, if you want, um, I, uh, I'm just going to steal some of your stuff, you know, so it's no big deal. Um, you can leave me alone. I'm just going to steal some of your cannons stuff. I need some bananas and cannons and, uh, you should probably pull out your, uh, your, your, um, what do you say? Your musket or whatever. And then he starts shooting at me. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. And then I just logged off. I was like, okay, I'm done. But we had nice. a little conversation back and forth, and he wondered what we were there for, and he said we, he was just there to to fight off people and steal nice. their shit. Nice. Well, so, you yeah. can watch all of this on our Twitch channel. At twitch.tv slash theinnergamercast. Check us out. Watch it. It was crazy fun. I ended up watching after the fact, and I was like, man... Y'all went on this whole journey to turn in this chest that you couldn't even turn in. So it was a waste of time. It wasn't a waste. It was a blast. It was so much fun. It, no, was, it was. It was. It's the it pirate's was. life for me, you know? That's it's, right. just, it's just what happens when you're a pirate. This stuff happens, and it just gets all zany and crazy, and I love yeah. it. Anyway, that's the games we played this week. That is the games. I have one more game to talk about, man. No, I'm you just do? kidding. No, you I'm don't. Not, I no, did. Screw that. I did, but screw I'm going to skip game. it. Screw that game. Yeah, you don't need to talk um, about that game. Yeah. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the games to play this week, everybody. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us in our Discord channel. You can check out that link in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, you should consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or just share this episode with a friend. We'll be right back with our gaming news. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the weekend gaming industry. If you want to get involved in this segment, you can send us a question or a comment on theinnergamer.net, and we'll talk about it on the podcast next week. Not next week, the next podcast. So definitely want to check that out, you know, because why not? You why can get not? heard, and we'll say your name on the podcast, maybe even promote a little something, something. So whatever you got, let us know. Shoot us an email. We'll gladly talk about it. All right, so on to our news this week. We got a lot of stuff that's been going on, uh, a lot of interesting little things. Nothing like crazy big, huge news, except for this one right here that I'm very excited to talk about. PlayStation Studios has welcomed a new company to the family. They have just acquired 
the studio behind Returnal, aka Housemark, and that is now under the PS Studios banner. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, this year Housemark released uh, Returnal, which is a really big, awesome, so far really well received uh, exclusive PS5 game, uh, third person freaking bullet hell shooter kind of situation. Um, they previously did Resogun. They did um, several other games that were really cool, arcade kind of games. And um, they're now owned by Sony. So Sony picked them up, purchased them. Obviously, that means that future games from Housemark will likely be PlayStation exclusive. Um, but that also means they're going to have lots and lots of abilities to make games as great as they can be on a PlayStation console. Um, in addition... There are rumors that they are potentially going to acquire Bluepoint as well, which is a pretty big deal. Um, we don't know exactly when that's happening, but on um, PlayStation Japan uploaded the wrong image on accident of showing PlayStation Studios and Bluepoint. So we're wondering if eventually this acquisition is going to go through as well. Uh, it's got it. It's got it. Come on. It's got it. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, so one of the things that uh, Housemark said um, in their celebration of this announcement is that we at Housemark are gamers and we have grown from the need to perfect and tinker with facets of games that we found most fascinating. We are also not known for shying away from running our own course and trying out new combinations. With the backing of Sony Entertainment and its family of studios supporting us, we can truly grow into our place in the industry and show what Housemark can create with no limitations. We can't wait to show everyone what will be in store for the coming years and we hope to usher in more lasting memories and exhilarating titles for the next quarter century and beyond. So that is pretty cool. Nice. Um, very excited about that. So I was looking at, um, like, just kind of looking up some articles to see in comparison, because, you know, Xbox has been really busy as well, Binab Studios, right? They've right. kind of been more vocal about it um, in the past several years, leading up to all these different, you know, situations of them, like, having this massive library of stuff. So in my research on this topic i was looking up xbox game studios and what they currently have so their studios currently consist of and this is just under the xbox game studios banner so they have companies like 343 industries with halo the coalition who makes gears of war compulsion games and made we happy few double fine games the initiative uh in exile entertainment mojang which does uh minecraft ninja theory Obsidian, Playground, Rare, Turn 10, Undead Labs, which does State of Decay, World's Edge, that does um, Age of Empires now, um, Alpha Dog Games, Arcane Studios, Bethesda Game Studios, It Software, Machine Games, Roundhouse Studios. God dang. Tango Gameworks and Zenimax. So obviously a lot of that stuff is like with the Zenimax purchase. Right, right, and right. And then of the game studios, like they have a good number of studios there, but it's like most of them are, you know, already xbox based kind of things but then i went and looked at playstation studios and just like as far as like naming and like name recognition goes the studios of playstation has is like pretty crazy so they have here so they have ben studio which we know as the ones that did days gone uh gorilla games house mark now insomniac games London Studio, Media Molecule, Naughty Dog. They just bought Nix's software as well, which I don't know anything about Nix's other than I saw their name on like every single update for Marvel's Avengers. 
So they're like a support studio for Marvel's Avengers and a lot of Square Enix games. So apparently they've bought them now and they're going to use them to do a lot of things. Um, Pixelopolis, Polyphony Digital that does Gran Turismo, San Diego Studio, San Mateo Studio, Santa Monica Studio, obviously God of War, um, Sucker Punch, Team Asobi, and XDev. So their like list of developers is also very large. Um, yeah, there's like nine in here on this photo. I yeah, think. yeah, and they're like big games that are coming from these people. So it's it's pretty wild. Like so, I don't know. I mean, before we're like, you know, Sony has all these first party titles and it's great. And then Xbox has bought all these great uh, studios and we've yet to see any major first party titles from yet. But we know there are some in the works. And now that they've acquired Bethesda and Zinemax, you have all these upcoming first party titles. They're going to be there. So maybe we're finally going to see the fruit of all this labor and we're going to have the battle of the first party titles because that would be amazing for that to come back. And I know some people probably don't agree with that, but I want Xbox to make me want to buy an Xbox. Yeah. And they haven't done that yet. But yeah. actually, they're not going to be able to do that because now it's on Game Pass on PC. I was going to say, you I'm going to get all my stuff have, on PC. So basically, they've already done it. They've already bu- talked you into buying it because you're now That's part true. of the ecosystem. That's true. So, But there aren't any like first parties that are pulling you in there per se as much as just like all right. the games that keep coming out. But, yeah. you know, even with like Sea of Thieves, like that's that alone is like a really, that's a first party that they brought out that's like done really well. And if you like Halo Master Collection, there's that. I mean, you still got mm-hmm. Gears. You got the old Forza Horizon 4. Um, there's been some good titles that have come out there, but definitely not near as much as like what PlayStation has. Right. Um, and PlayStation is just, when they bring out games, like it's a banger. Um, yeah. So, and I was even thinking about getting uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on, on Steam. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's on sale right now for forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, forty dollars. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to catch up on that before the new one comes out. Cause so, you never beat it, did you, or did you? I did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't. I don't remember actually. Now. I know. I don't. I never did. We'll have to go back to the podcast. But yeah, I just felt like um, initially that launch came out kind of rocky because there's a lot of transferring that code over to the PC was a little wonky, but right. I think it's fixed now. Anyway, I'd, I'd love to see what's going to come out in the near future, but it is easier than ever to play all these games. Yes. Yeah. For me, for those who just have a console, it, it is battle of the consoles. Yeah. <laughs> but we all know who the winner is here. <clears throat> That's right. I agree with that. Although I am still trying to buy an Xbox Series X if I can get my hands on one because I just, I just want to have it Why like not, just man? to play some of these games that I'm like really hyped about. Um, so we'll see one of these days whenever I can find a way to snag it. Heck yeah. All right. So some news came out about Cyberpunk actually. Cyberpunk 2077 finally. CD Projekt Red has come out and said that they are now finally quite satisfied with the game's stability and performance. Only about six months after the game's release, they are finally satisfied and find it satisfactory for how it plays. Um, and that's also following up with the, the announcement that uh, PlayStation is finally releasing the game back onto the PlayStation store after now six months of it being off the store, My which is kind of, it's still so sad to like no, see it's this. It's so sad, dude. I mean, it's like, how could they, how could they jack this up? But so yeah, you know, my comment too little, too late. Yeah. 
So, so Kaczynski uh, says, and I quote, we have already reached, reached a satisfactory level of stability. We have also worked on the overall performance and we are quite satisfied with that. Of course, we have also fixed bugs and glitches and will continue to do so. Over time, we will introduce fixes to the general systems that players have pointed out as needing improvement. So they're still trying to work on things that like players want to be better after they fix all their broken stuff, um, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But, you know... It is what it is, but he didn't go into detail on what those player requested systems could be that receive fixes, but it could be things like in-game police responses, NPC AI, or improved character customization. Yeah, it is sad. I I don't know if I even care anymore. I don't even know if I want to play this game anymore. That's what the sad part is. It's like, maybe, like when I have downtime, I'll play it. I don't know, like... But what is, what is downtime? There's no such thing anymore. I know. Well, technically, there is some downtime. See, like, Mass Effect was put on the back burner because they beat Ratchet and Clayton. I got to beat that. And now I don't know if I want to go back to Mass Effect because I've been out of it for so long. It's like, I kind of want to just play Horizon Zero Dawn. And it's hard, man. It's hard. It is. Like, I don't know. I I really like Mass Effect, but I've kind of, like, that whole excitement has been kind of drawn out now. And I'm ready to move on to other stuff. Yeah. And that's what sucks. How much of it did you play? Did you, you never finished too, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. I got, um, I got to the part where you're going to, uh, collect the rest of your team. So that, that's finally opened up on me. Yeah. For Mass Effect 2. Okay. So just sad. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I might go back to that later. I'm not sure yet. Um, it was fun. It was awesome living that nostalgia. Anyway, so this, it's like, I don't want to, I don't know, man. It, it would need, they need like a re, uh, they need marketing to push hype for this again. That's what they need. Yeah. Like once it's good and done, be like, all right, look, cyberpunk, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm sure when the DLC comes out, that pro- might be able to revive people yeah. again. But right now, I just don't know why people would want to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the DLC will be a big part of it, but it's just like, how far along is that? Because they just finally finished, yeah, know. you know, fixing the game. And so. they're still trying to improve systems in the game. <laughs> Yeah. That need improvement. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am thinking about jumping back into it here pretty soon um, after I finish Yakuza. But, but then again, I don't know because I still want to play God. I still need to play God of War. So that might be my next game after I finish Yakuza. But I also want to jump into DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla because that's out and it's apparently really good. So it's just like, there's a lot of stuff, man. And it's like, I definitely want to see Yakuza through, but I definitely want to play. God of War. I need to go back and play Red Dead Redemption 2. I need to play... If I need to finish Borderlands DLC, because I got that on my radar. I need to finish freaking Outriders. Jason, we got to play Outriders. Dang. We're so close. We have like one mission left. The hell, man? I know. It's been crazy. So we're going to make that happen soon. But lots of games that I need to finish. Just see them to the end so I can uninstall them and then start working on other things. And I want to jump back in Avengers, man. Get ready for War for Wakanda. You know, man, level I'm up my characters. I'm down for that. Yeah, there's some new shit in there now, apparently. Like, all kinds of new ways to level up your character and stuff. Like, Hell yeah. They're making the, like we talked about the last time, like, the, you can have all Hulks now, so y'all can Hulk all with me. All Hulks. Yeah. <laughs> Good, that's always been a problem. That's right. And now it's not. All right, so, yeah, a lot of stuff. But, yeah, I think... I don't know, Cyberpunk. Just just give me something good, you know? Just I mean, I, I'm curious. Help us out here. Yeah. Stop fucking up. Like, so just I'm, give the program. We're going to throw this out here. Do you care... <laughs> about this game anymore 
I mean, bugs are fixed and stuff like that. Like, are you ready to jump back in? Have you already beat it? Are you going to try to beat it again? Like, right. What's the replay replay value on this? Um, anyway, we'll, we'll probably throw this out to our discord too and see what they think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would like to know because a lot of people got into it when it came out, played a lot of it. And then I don't know, I think everybody beat it, but like, will they ever go back to it or yeah, not? Right. Anyway, something I am going to go back to though, man, they, okay. So again, PlayStation freaking ballers, not only that, but they're people that they made it. There's their studios ballers. All right. So we got a PlayStation blog post announcement that our friends over at Gorilla Games have announced a director's cut for Ghost of Tsushima. And this Ghost of Tsushima director's cut is coming out to PS4 and PS5 consoles on August 20th. Now, mind you, when the new uh, new PlayStation 5 came out, you're playing a PS4 version. That game looked freaking amazing, right? Well, yeah. it wasn't as good as it could look because now the <laughs> PS5 version is coming out. Damn it, Brett. And the PS5 version is going to have improved visuals. It's going to have haptic triggers and stuff integrated into it. All the bells and whistles that are going to be in there, all playing 4K HDR Man. at 60 frames a second. In addition to that, they've announced that uh, they're going to introduce a new chapter to this game in the director's cut, and it'll introduce a brand new island expansion. And this island expansion will be the neighboring island of Iki, an entirely new chapter in Jin's journey. Jin will travel to Iki to investigate rumors of a Mongol presence and will get caught up in a deeper story that will unearth trauma from his past. Um, they will also, um, they want to share, uh, more about the story of Iki soon. So they haven't given us everything yet, but they will share more of that. Um, it will be an entirely new story featuring new characters as well as new environments, armor, mini games, techniques, enemy types, and more. And yes, new animals to pet. And if you already own Ghost of Tsushima on PS4, you can transfer your save over with the Iki content available at the beginning of act two. Nice. Not only that, but the upgrade is going to be 20 bucks. So if you already own the game, I hope you didn't sell it. I bought it digital. Okay, perfect. Okay. So you should be able to upgrade for $20 and get all the new features and stuff like that. Um, so they're going to have, with the PS5 version, Japanese lip, lip sync, um, which, you know, cool. Uh, the PS5 can render cinematics in real time. The director's cut offers the... Da, 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 oh, yeah. So the character's mouse will move, move as if they were still speaking English. Um and they're going to have haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, enhancements to 3D audio, and dramatic, drastically improved load times. Which is funny to say that because the load times were already drastically fast. Like I know. it took like two seconds to load that damn game. It's going to be like now five it's going to be like yeah, there's no I mean no load times. Yeah. And then 4K resolution was frame rates targeting uh, 60 frames per second. So, I mean, like it's so crazy. So the director's cut is going to be 69.99 on PS5 or 59.99 on PS4. But as I mentioned, if you already own it on PS4, you can upgrade for $20 as of August 20th. And um, you can also, if you buy the director's cut for PS4 and happen to get a PS5 later, then you can upgrade to the PS5 version for $10. So basically, they're just only making you pay for what you don't already have, which is very cool. So you're not having to buy a whole new game, which honestly, if they brought out the director's cut at $60 and said you had to buy the $60 game, I probably would have bought a $60 game again. Because this game was amazing, and then and then there's an article that you sent us that you found that somebody oh. wrote that was like basically trashing Ghost of Tsushima for how bad. And like I agree that there were there's a lot of repetition in this game, but 
but I didn't give a shit because this game was so much fun to play. Just like slashing, slicing, dicing, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, yeah, there was probably too many missions where I had to like trail the footprints to find my next like objective, but it's like so nuanced. But the main story was really good. The main story is really good. The side stories were really good. I mean, not the side, like the little singular side quests, but if you did yeah. like the ones that were tied to the characters, those were awesome. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that. If you if I you go do, back, I do a lot of those, but I, I would will, I would recommend I would out. recommend playing those because I mean they the stories it. were just as rich and exciting and it made yeah. you care more about those characters so much more when you went in the final battles and stuff right that that stuff was there it was it was really really well done, um, and like you still got legends man like that whole thing that we like lost our you know several like a month and a half to, like that's so good yeah oh yeah freaking guys y'all like killing it over here. I said I said Gorilla Games earlier. I meant Sucker Punch. My yeah. bad. But yeah, Sucker Punch. Like freaking hands down. Ten out of ten. No, twelve out of ten. Twelve out of ten. <laughs> so excited. So good on that. And just when I thought I was gonna, not gonna be playing Ghost of Shima anymore, they just pull me back in. Pull me back. And it's good that it's gonna let me take over from where I left off with my save. So I don't really want to yeah. play it again, but I did want to go back and like finish all the Mongol bases and stuff. Oh, yeah. oh, and I now guess I, I could do that. Could do that. Yeah, I don't have to do that. I can go back and do all the side quests, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, you can still go back and do the side quests. Okay, like I hadn't beat the game. Right. Cool. Because I didn't finish a lot of those story side quests with some of the main characters or yeah. side characters. It won't have as much impact because you've already seen like their character arc to the end with mm-hmm. the main story. But yes, you can go back and do them and still see that stuff carry out. Even better. Because the monk one was really good. Um, the one with uh, the old archer man and his like protege, that was incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of good stuff happened there. And there was one with an old lady who, like, it's a really long mission, but there's some really cool just story beats that happened there um, with her. So recommended. All right. So, those of you that may remember the game Control, that was a sleeper hit from two years ago. I think it was two years ago. 2019, I believe. Uh, Remedy Entertainment has been keeping busy following the release of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X versions of Control. They announced recently in a blog post that Remedy has inked a deal with 505 Games to expand the Control franchise beyond where it's been with a spinoff focus on multiplayer and a new high budget control down the road. So they are saying here that uh, control is first and foremost, a world, a place for multitudes of stories, events and characters, a place where unexpected, strange and extraordinary things occur. We kicked it off with Jesse's entry in the oldest house, but there's more to this world. Oh, so much more. So project Condor is a code name for this new multiplayer title in the control universe. There's no details available yet, but um, there's an image hinting that this may be a game where it's a group of four people decked out in various kinds of armor and gear crammed on a bench in a waiting room with a body bag at their feet. A battle-ready squad facing bureaucratic mundanity fits control like a glove. So it sounds like it could be something where it's like team-based, where you can have like four players playing with each other and they're doing like team fights yeah. against other people potentially. Um so they mentioned here, like there are worlds and experiences that you can access collectively with your friends and they can shine as brightly as any single player experience does. We get that there is going to be skepticism about multiplayer, but I believe we can create shared experiences without compromising the DNA of who we are or the stories we want to tell. We want to rethink our angles or techniques, our mindset, but we see it as an exciting challenge. What would a remedy multiplayer game look like? Um, 
So that is pretty cool. And they also I'd be down with that. Yeah. And they also even mentioned a high level collaboration teams too. They have outlined high level collaboration terms to further expand the control franchise with a bigger budget control game. So I'm guessing that maybe mean another big budget control, like control two or something like that. But multiplayer control sounds really good. Um, Cause there's a lot of like depth to the mechanics. It's kind of like with the ghost of Tsushima. There was a lot of like, me- like depth to the mechanics with how you fought your enemy and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah. And control was very similar in that way. Um, just with a different setting. But did you ever pick this up? Have you played this yet? I started it. Okay. But I put it down cause other games started coming out. Well, there you go. You should play this instead of horizon. I know, but it's so good, man. I know. I still haven't finished it, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, but Brett. I know. I'll finish it before you do. No, it's another one I'm going to jump back into soon. I play the PS5 yeah. upgrade. Yeah. Because it was slow on PS on the with the PS4 version. Like the menus were kind of glitchy and stuff like that. So I'm excited to play it now that it's like PS5, 60 frames, upgraded, faster menus and shit like that. Yeah. I could see this being like uh, Ghost Tsushima Legends DLC, but hopefully bigger, better. Yeah. I mean, if they put a whole new studio on it, it's very possible. Um. Yeah, I mean, because I think definitely like waves of enemies and stuff like that could be really interesting in this because yeah. those those enemies are so challenging. Like it could be like Horde mode or like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. going to different realities or whatever the stuff is and capture people or kill people or whatever you want. Hell, this may be a better version of Rainbow Six Extraction. Who knows? Brad, don't get me excited, man. Okay. <laughs> gosh. Oh uh, gosh, super hyped on that. All right, last article we have to talk about today, my friends, is Konami announces a partnership with Bloober Team and amidst the Silent Hill rumors. So we don't know what exactly this means yet, but Bloober Team, for those that don't know, are the ones behind the games, the horror games, The Medium, Blair Witch, and Observer. And they announced a, quote, strategic cooperation agreement that will see them both developing games together. Um, so this is adding weight to rumors that they are working on a new Silent Hill game and they gave it to Bloober Team to do. Um, so Konami Publishing, but Bloober Team working on Silent Hill. Um, the partnership will, quote, include jointly developed selected contents and exchanging know-how. Um, Konami has come out to say that Bloober Team and our respective characteristics and strengths um, come together to create high-quality contents. Um, they will announce information about the contents from the business alliance. Once details are decided, no specific projects have been detailed, but speculation and rumor have pointed to a new silent Hill game for some time. So what do you think about this? Did you, I know you didn't play the medium. Did you ever play Blair witch? Okay. I think it's on game pass. I think it is too. Yeah. I just didn't think I wanted to play that. It looked cool. Like I was really interested in the, the, um, Blair Witch Project. Um, and I'm kind of interested in uh, Observer. That was supposed to be a really good game. But the medium I couldn't really care less about. But I wanted to try it, but I decided not to. Too many games. I know. <laughs> you got to ditch them eventually. I think the medium is coming to uh, PlayStation too. Yeah. They announced. That's cool. I'm pretty sure. Probably should. Because it's supposed to be an Xbox exclusive. And I think mm-hmm. they're like, nah, uh, we're going to move it around, go nah. somewhere else with it. So there you have it. Interesting. Konami is actually trying to do things. That's quite amazing, actually. Yeah. So, will you play a Konami published Silent Hill? Probably. That's done by Bloober. 
Probably. Okay, cool. Well, there you have it, folks. You heard it here first. Austin's going to play whatever they do. It's coming soon. (laughs) Well, I mean, I got to see what they're going to, like, you know, give us. There you have it. What if it sucks? There you have it, folks. You got to see what he's going to give us. It's probably going to suck. but Probably going to suck. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's our news for this week, everybody. If you haven't subscribed to us yet on YouTube, you should check out these discussions and more at youtube.com slash innergamer. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Welcome, everybody, to the bonus level. This is our soon-to-be Patreon-exclusive benefit for the $3 tier or higher. So if you have not yet subscribed to us on Patreon, you should head over to patreon.com slash theinnergamer and subscribe to the $3 tier so you can ensure you get this content each and every week delivered directly to your inbox. Very exciting stuff. This will be an additional discussion topic from the week in the gaming industry. If you want to hear this exclusive content, as I mentioned, you need to make sure you subscribe because this will be available only to Patreon subscribers starting in August. So for the month of July, you're getting this content for free at no cost. But in July, we will be pushing this to our Patreon and that will be where you can get it. So make sure you get in there, you start subscribing and, you know, help us grow. That's that's our main goal here. So with that, we have a news topic this week that we want to talk about that's pretty exciting. It's uh, revolving around Bioware. And I didn't know this is even happening. Yeah, who's Bioware? Right? It's like you think they're working on Dragon Age, you think they're working on Mass Effect, but no, they're also working on an expansion for Star Wars The Old Republic. Yeah, what the heck? I haven't heard of this game forever. That's right. So Star Wars The Old Republic is a MMO that Bioware brought out, and they are having their 10-year anniversary this year. And this new expansion is called Legacy of the Sith, and it will give players a brand new story to enjoy, more in-game missions, character upgrades, and much more. And it's it's uh, it's interesting that this is coming out so long after the game release. I guess there's still an audience playing this game. I don't know. You said, Austin, you, you've played this before. Yeah. Um, how long ago did you play it? Do you remember? Uh, a while ago. Yeah. Was it good? Um, it was okay. It wasn't wow. It wasn't wow. <laughs> it did not wow me. Yeah. Um, I played for a little bit. I think me and Travis played for a little bit. It's just, it's different. So, I mean, obviously the first mm-hmm. major MMO was World of Warcraft and me and Travis have a lot of, uh, good memories with that. And then trying to get into this was a little different and it doesn't play the same way. And, you know, trying to get used to a new system was just a little too out there for us at the time. You know, maybe with this, we go back to it, but then you think about it, I'm getting sucked into a, a whole new universe that I would have to figure out. And I don't, it's just, it seems super daunting at this point. Yeah, and I really wanted to play this when it first launched, but obviously, hardware issues at the time for my computer, and there's you have to pay a monthly fee. It was just I, th- I think I, I was playing WoW at the time, so it was kind of like can't have both. How many fees you want to yeah. pay? Yeah, that's the hard part with these like it's all these games that we keep getting. I, I was thinking about this yesterday because I was like. You know, I'm really excited to play Battlefield 2042. I'm really excited to play Halo uh, Infinite. Um, I've been wanting to get back into Apex Legends a little bit. Um, there are like these like Marvel's Avengers. I still want to jump more more into. Uh, then you got like games like Outriders. You got Destiny. You got all these games that all are like live service games in some fashion. Like they're not 
quote unquote live service, but they have those progression systems yeah. that you need to stay engaged with. Rocket League, I'm trying to keep up with Rocket League. I just hit Battle Pass level 125. So like I've been playing the shit through that game, but it's like that's a commitment and I have to maintain it. If I like miss it for like a week, like I suck. <laughs> it's just like how do yeah. you how do you do this? So yeah. The good thing is that it actually is free to play up to level 60. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you can enjoy the original class and planetary storylines, plus the rise of the Hut Cartel and Shadow of Revan digital expansions. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to do that, and apparently if, you, if you're a premium player or a subscriber, you have access to the full game experience, including Rise of the Hut. Okay, we talked about that. Uh, all episodes of Knights of the Fallen Empire and Knights of the Internal Throne. So those are like later DLC stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I think... It might be worth jumping into again, just to try it out. I mean, honestly, as with the Star Wars story, I would be interested. Yeah, just to see how it plays and what what things you can do with it. This new storyline it says will send players headfirst in a new military campaign with the mission of securing a very important planet for their faction. The narrative centers around Darth Malgus, a renegade Sith, and his secret plans, but it's not just a new story that fans can enjoy. There are quite a few quality of life enhancements to look forward to as well. Um, this will take players to the planet of Manon, where they can reach the new level cap set for 80. There'll be new missions to take on, including a flashpoint set on the remote planet of Elam, in addition to a new operation that players will need to complete as well, according to GameInformer.com. Um, there's also going to be a refactored character creation system, streamlined class designs to make everything flow a bit more naturally, loadout enhancements and updates to itemization and more. Um, and there's also a new feature called combat styles that give players more options when taking on this new storyline. So it's coming out this holiday season on PC, and yeah. So you said it's free, as in like, like it doesn't cost anything, but the extra stuff, the premium is like, like your monthly fee, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm trying to do some research right now, but I'm thinking that you know if you do the, you probably get extra bonus stuff if you subscribe from the beginning. Yeah. Type thing. Uh, I'm sure there's like a level boost too, but I yeah. don't know. But I mean, I just wanted to kind of show you the gameplay here. I. Th- Thing. I mean, it just, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to like be in that world of Star Wars, but it's a little, I don't want to say cartoony, but it definitely has its own kind oh, of shit, style. Oh, shit. I didn't realize that. Yeah. It has its own like style. It looks very um, uh, telltale. Right. And I think it's fully voice acted, at least okay. most of it. So that's nice. Mm. And I think that's a good feature to it. Now, getting used to the combat, I think it was one of the things that would just look kind of like, funky to me yeah but i don't know hmm it looks a little cheaper than i thought it would yeah i think that's kind of like that. that's what turned me and travis off yeah i think we played a few hours of it and we're just like there's nothing really pulling us back to yeah to really want to jump into it it's weird this is a bioware game it just doesn't look and feel like a bioware i mean i guess the it's ui dated, a little bit it is but dated. yeah Definitely has that dated look. Um, and also those of you that are listening right now to this on the podcast, when this does come out as a Patreon exclusive um, event, this will be a video piece. So you'll be able to watch it full video with our faces and with the uh, the video, the gameplay behind. So you definitely want to make sure you subscribe to get this as it comes out. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It might be worth jumping into just to just sample you, for a little bit. Would you jump into it with me? Yeah. I think I would try. I would give it a try. You know, okay. I'd, I'd give it like four or five hours and see how I feel about okay. it. Okay. Um, so if we do it, I'll jump in with you. Okay. But if we don't, if you don't, I probably won't do it either. Yeah. So 
Okay. It's interesting. Um, and it has its own launcher. Yeah. So I think it took forever to download. But I was downloading at Travis's house So when I lived with him. Yeah. So he had really shitty internet at the time. <laughs> Damn, that shitty now. internet, I don't man. I don't know. Who needs that shitty internet? But hey, man, you could be a Jedi. That's right. If you want to be. I love being a Jedi. I do miss a really good, like, I mean, we had uh, the Jedi Fallen Order, which is a really good, um, yeah, you know, lightsaber game. But I am interested. I don't know. This Looking was recorded at, last year, so I guess, I don't know if there's any, been any, like, graphical updates, because it doesn't seem like it. Okay, maybe minor ones, mm-hmm. but it definitely seems like it's pretty dated. Yeah. Looking at reviews here on Steam, it is a very fun game, and if you have played World of Warcraft, then you should enjoy this game. Number two, Walking Simulator. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a fan of Star Wars, and I highly recommend this game, you can play solo or with players, and there's plenty to do. And there's plenty of free stuff you can earn in the game as a subscriber or not. Another person says, best MMORPG by far. Endless hours of fun. And he has 121 hours in the game. Wow. You can enjoy this game without paying a cent because you level extremely fast now. Understand if you start free to play, you aren't going to accumulate wealth, use purple items, and you'll be walking for a while. You will be given everything you need, therefore you do not need purple items or millions of credits. Um, So apparently there is some, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff without paying. Um, So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know if you'll like the UI though. I just feel like that's not, you're going to hate it. I probably will. I hate a lot of UI. That's true. I'm like, this is bullshit. Oh, God. Oh, God. That's the biggest reason I don't play that game. UI is garbage. It looks like like somebody like freaking ate a raw piece of steak and then shat it out through their mouth. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Only on the bonus level, guys. (laughs) Only here. Only there. Brett gets spicy. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, so there you have it. Revenge of the Sith uh, is coming, you know. So you can get it soon. Legacy of the Sith, actually. That's what I meant to call it. Not Revenge of the Sith. 10-year anniversary of Star Wars The Old Republic. <laughs> we might jump into it and give it a try. See how it yeah. goes. And with that, we're going to take a break and come back with our topic of the show. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And don't forget, patreon.com slash gamer to subscribe so you can get this video content every single time. We release it twice a month on patreon.com exclusive to our Patreon subscribers. So you want to make sure you do that. And we'll be right back. It is time for our topic of the show. Each week we dive deeper into the world of gaming. This week we're going to talk about games that have fundamentally changed how we play games today, which sounds kind of ambiguous. But what I'm going to talk about here is this was a question that was actually submitted by a reviewer that gave us a review on the podcast last week and his name is fox 0021 and fox 0021 basically asked the question of what are some new gameplay mechanics that were introduced in a game that have now become like commonplace essentially yeah so what are some things that you know really have have changed and influenced um uh basically what the way they put it was games that you personally thought changed the fundamentals in the way we play games today from control schemes to concepts like battle royales to even open world what are those things? So we have a list of uh, games here and then the things that they introduced. Some of them aren't as like broad as like Battle Royale, which we might dive into a little bit, but um, definitely some really interesting uh, points here. So the first one I want to dive into, we're going to go like super deep back into the history of games, and that is with Mario 64. 
And Mario 64, Super Mario 64, introduced something that I never thought was not a thing prior to this game, but it's a 3D camera. So where you yeah. can actually like look around your character. Yeah. It's uh, like looking at this list and seeing some of the things that we're about to get into. It's pretty mind blowing, like living it and it then always just being there. Right. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, the 3D camera, which yeah. now that I think about it, it was pretty like awesome and very weird. Yeah. Because at the time there was that single static mm-hmm. camera that would just be in a place like, you know, Resident Evil. Yeah. And you have to move your character down all this weird stuff and you, know, you get used to that. But then you have the 3D camera that you can move around too. And it's just kind of like, it's like learning to walk again. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to adjust how you're running around and move the camera and it's like, oh. Yeah. But I guess, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Well, it was interesting. Yeah. Because up to that point, I was explaining this to somebody the other day. And I was like, this is the first time in the history of the world that you could actually see the full like design of Mario's butt or his face. <laughs> like, cause before you're just seeing him from the side, you know, running across the screen. Now it's like, you can see, see him jumping, yeah. flip flopping. Like you can see his full face. I mean, who knows for all we know, he could have only had half a mustache, but now we know he has a full mustache. You so the perfect only fans photos that you always wanted from Mario. Oh God. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, uh, yeah. Anyway, so changing the subject there. <laughs> okay. Um, then, uh, it's funny. This is, this is an interesting one. So Shenmue, the game that now is kind of a big joke because they took forever to release the new Shenmue game that they brought out on Kickstarter, but that was the game that introduced QuickTime events, What? which actually, honestly, I kind of wish that game never existed. Actually, I was listening to, uh, the game Informer podcast today and somebody wrote in a question that if there was a game, you could like go back in time to make sure it never existed to like affect the course of gaming, what would that game be? And that's interesting. That's a really interesting question. And I'm like, what'd they say? Uh, well, some people said one person said clash of clans to make sure that monetization was stifled a little clash bit. Of clans. No, you need to go back to Farmville. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Is what really got it going. Probably. But I don't know which one came from. Well, I guess I Farmville, Farmville probably was, was first. Facebook. Yeah. Cause it was on Facebook. You're right. Um, yeah, so there was a lot of that stuff and, but it was interesting. They, somebody said that somebody said, I don't remember what else they said, but I would, I, I mean, Shenmue would be one of those for me. So I'm like, I don't like quick time events. Just I kinda, do. I do. Do you? I do. What a weirdo. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're not horrible. I guess, I guess they are. I mean, honestly, like, I don't mind would, them. What would, uh, um, um, God dang it. The Walking Dead games be oh they yeah. didn't have quick time. They wouldn't events. exist. They wouldn't exist. Yeah, it'd just be you'd just be watching 3D people walk around. Yeah, well, and that's true. And then like in Spider Man, I remember there's a lot of people that are given given the game shit when it first was announced because they're like, this game looks like it's full of quick time events, which there were like very cinematic moments that were largely quick time. But if you didn't have those cinematic, mo- like if you didn't have the quick time events in those moments, it would have been a cutscene, and it would have. But you needed that to really like kind of just add a bit more depth to that moment um, and like have more interesting stuff happening. Cause like if you're, if you're just like playing your character um, it's not as you can't have as much of a cinematic gameplay view if you are not having like a quick time bit there because they can't control the camera as much if you're in control of it. But if you just have quick time thing happening, then it's not bad. So yeah. Hmm. Is this the one that they're talking about? Yep. So wow. 
The uh, first, the next one is uh, the introduction of permadeath. And that was a game called Rogue that came out back in uh, 1980, which is a long, long time ago. But up until this point, there was no such thing as permadeath. And this is one that, which honestly is another thing that I wish never existed because I hate permadeath because I don't like to die. But this is the first roguelike, basically, that ever existed. And it was a... It was an ASCII art game, basically, where you didn't have, like, 3D characters yet. But in this game, you could eventually, uh, you could die permanently and have to start over from the beginning. And they introduced that. And now, obviously, we see permadeath in so many games everywhere. This has, like, you guys got to look this up. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. Yeah. It's like the worlds are indicated by horizontal or vertical lines and hyphens. And then different, like pathways that the player has taken are indicated by hashtags and your character itself is an at sign and it shows you your level it shows you how much gold you have how much hit points you have your strength your armor your experience this is this is correct man this is like old school this is really mind-blowing i don't like it i'm closing no we don't like that (laughs) all right but yeah that's uh permadeath is interesting that's and what it's crazy, like, like, it was back that far back. Right? And yeah, I thought that was a more recent thing with, like, things like Dark Souls and stuff like that. But nope. It was way back in the 80s. It's crazy. Came out, yeah, 1980. Yep, 1980. Android, so. or it was on DOS, Microsoft. Ma- Macintosh. Or, sorry, Macintosh. Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it says Android, Linux, and I guess that's the more recent. Yeah. DOS was... Uh, Microsoft before Microsoft was Microsoft, basically. That's right. That was their OG stuff back right. then. Man. Dungeon Crawler right there. Um, and then, so one of the things that, like, Legend of Zelda actually introduced a lot of really intense stuff. Um, and one of the things that Ocarina of Time introduced was the thing called Z-targeting, which I didn't understand what this was, but basically Z-targeting is auto-lock, essentially. Wow. On the characters. So... Uh, it's where you can, uh, yeah, you see an enemy and you lock onto them so that you can continue to still fight them, um, but not have to like turn your camera around to, you know, do stuff. You can just like lock onto them and go attack and have a, have a blast with that whole thing. I felt like that was always an issue was targeting in games and it would always kill me in the past. And now that you can just freaking target it, like, and it had the cinematic mode. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, but even that was hard there. to get used to back in yeah. the day because you're just not used to it, you know. Yep. But at least it's nice that it helps keep your camera locked on to it, and you can just like then. I mean, you don't have to use the main controls, which is very helpful. So, um, but now with like that, that's in everything. I mean, like every yeah, game every, we play, playing Marvel's right. Avengers, it's got it. Playing uh, freaking uh, Spider-Man, you can have it in there usually. Uh, so many games that like have this built into it that we just take for granted. What's another big game that has it that we haven't used before? Z targeting, Z targeting game, recent game that we've been playing. <clears throat> well, I guess Ghost of Tsushima has it. Yeah. Don't they have? Didn't they have a lock on? Yeah, they have lock on. Yeah, I mean, where you like could like Spider-Man focus on somebody. On. Yeah, I mentioned Spider Man. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's more recent. Um, uh, uh, God of War has it. Yeah. Throw your axe. Basically, every action adventure game, I guess, has right. it more or less. Um, and then Link to the Past, which came out not long after that, I don't think. Was Link to the Past right after uh, Ocarina of Time? Uh, no. Was it before that? I think it was before that. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Link to the Past, when that came out, that introduced fast travel. 
which before that there was no such thing as fast travel. Yeah, this was a, a, a Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo. My bad. Game. My time. I don't know Zelda games, y'all. I know, I know. I'm terrible it's at okay. this. I'm not a gamer. I'm a poser. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just a poser we on older that. games. <laughs> but yeah, no, they introduced uh, fast travel, which is uh, crazy because that's, I mean, that is a de facto standard in any open world game nowadays. Yeah. Is having the ability to fast travel. I can't imagine life without fast traveling. Like, what would you do with yourself? Well, could you, you know? many, could you imagine playing this game? We have to travel everywhere. Oh yeah, it'll be very complicated. Yeah, especially. I mean, like once you like go through a different aspect, unless it's like linear or like Pokemon and stuff like that. You know, it it really was pretty linear with your pathway, even That's though true. it was kind of open. It's still like you, it took you down a path. So you didn't really have a need to go back. Yeah. But in game, yes, a lot of these games, like you don't want to have to go back. No, no, that far and walk through all the things you just did. You just want to click a button and it just reloads you in that place. Yeah. So big deal there. And then this was interesting because a lot of people, uh, the finisher move, AKA like the, the way that you like, you know, finish somebody out in a brutal way you would think it was started by Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat came out like 91. But no, it was actually a game called Barbarian, the Ultimate Warrior that created this finishing move in 87, roughly, is when this came out. So whenever you were done and you're ready to like finish wow. somebody off, like you go up there and just like basically chop their head off or do whatever you got to do and eliminate their... Themselves, Man. and then all of a sudden, bam! There you have it. Very, re- <laughs> very reminiscent of uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, before Mortal Kombat was ever conceived, I think. So yeah, this yeah, because this crazy. was like this was like Commodore sixty four. I think this is like old school, old school. I mean, like it's freaking Man. crazy. Let's see what year this was. Oh, I don't, I can't have it. I don't have it here. Yeah, well, it said copyright eighty seven when you pulled it up oh, there. Okay. Man. So that's about right. It's crazy to think that that's how far back it was. Yeah. I just kind of think it's happening now, like more recent. Yeah, 1987. We are old, 87. man. We are, we're, we're not old. The, these games are old. Because I never even played on a Commodore 64, but that's like something that a lot of people probably listen to this podcast have played on. I'm sure many of you have listened or have played Barbarian, the Ultimate Warrior. So if you have, let us know. Like, what else did that game do? Was that game like a precursor to Mortal Kombat? Like, had that game not existed, would Mortal Kombat have existed? Or are they like just completely different? That's what I'm curious about. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And then we have something that I think Austin's very much a fan of. Halo Combat Evolved. It introduced garbage gameplay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It introduced regenerating health. Because them little console noobs, because this was back when you were still a console noob, probably... And I was PC Master Race. And we were offended whenever games started to bring regenerating health into the, our world. As PC gamers, we were too good for that. We didn't deserve to have regenerative health because we're better than that. And we're, we're mainly or more powerful. Yeah, I remember. I, yeah. 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 So whenever Call of Duty brought it in, we were like, fuck this shit. It's bullshit. I want that. But... Um, yeah, so it really, it was just the shields, but that ended up being... Regenerating health. Right. So. Yep. Uh, I can't remember. Was it Call of Duty that had that? I think it was Call of Duty 2, right? Yeah. That eventually had regenerating health. Yeah. And then a lot of games after that have that. Too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Halo, 
Halo basically formed it from the uh, the whole the shield thing, which helped you like to maintain your abilities and stuff like that. But then once that was created, then it kind of just like cascaded because it used to be Call of Duty One. You picked up health packs. I know in Halo you had health packs or something you would pick up. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it was just like a pickup that you had to get to to regen it. But then yeah, Call of Duty Two introduced because it came on Xbox 360 as a launch title for the 360. It introduced um, the regenerative health where you just like you go in a firefight, your face would start, your screen would start getting bloodied on the edges and you go hide in a corner and then it would get your health back and then you'd be back to normal. Yeah. And people were pissed off about that. That and it then the freaking giant ass icons that would show up on the screen because console screens, people were sitting farther from the television. Mm-hmm. So you had to oversize all the UI for console players and PC players were not happy. <laughs> There was That's like memes happening, man. It was That's rough. a whole other thing. <laughs> it was rough. Um, so yeah, Halo started some waves of craziness. They also probably it was. I mean, that was when did Combat Evolve come out? Because it was like in a minute. Well, yeah, two thousand one. Wow, two thousand one. Okay. So I wonder if that was the first game that introduced a lot of like vehicular combat. Because I think Battlefield 1942 came out in 2003, but I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's when it dropped. Maybe it was 2000. 2002. Two. Okay, so it was a year after that. So there wasn't like big vehicular combat much before that. Wow. Other than Halo. So Halo might have been the first one to bring like open world vehicular combat stuff, which is kind of cool. Um Another game, so there's this thing called cover shooting, right? Where you can get behind cover yeah. and like shoot at bad guys and stuff like that. Um, I most thought of it from like games like SOCOM and stuff like that, but we can go even further back to a game called Winback Covert Ops that was on the 64. And in that, it was one of the, probably the first game to introduce a cover shooting mechanic where you could hide behind cover and, uh, you know, shoot at bad guys. And take them out. And then, of course, we got games now like Gears of War and things like that that have since introduced, you know, re- carried that cover system further and brought that into play. Um, and then we saw, like, you know, yeah. arcade games like Time Crisis that would also have it in the game. But this was one of the early games that actually brought it in where you, like, lock into a cover area and be able to reach out and shoot at bad guys. And I walk how many weird ways. Of these people like are still alive from who made these games. Like I love a documentary to be made about like the process of how they actually made this work and right. how they thought of it. Right. Like this is crazy. Like watching this old ass game. <laughs> and they, Yeah, it's just I mean, look at that. There's I mean, like this one has destructible and like boxes and shit too. Yeah, which wasn't a thing back then that much. Man. So it's like pretty wild to see these super old games doing really popular i had lock on mechanic like yeah look at that shit z targeting z targeting that's not, right not, not legend of zelda damn no i think z targeting is where you can just move around the character yeah you, you, cinematic where your, your character is always locked onto the thing and then yeah. you can move around it without having to like aim at the person right because back then with the 64 you still had that one thumbstick right so you still had you know, you couldn't do dual thumbsticks to move and right. turn your character at the same time. Right. So the Z targeting helped fix. that quite a bit. Um, and then so another new mechanic that came out, um, what I thought was with Call of Duty, to be honest, uh, Iron Sights. 
the first game to introduce an ability to zoom in and look down instead of just like zooming in on your gun, actually look down a barrel uh, or look at look through iron sights on your thing to be more precise with the game uh, was with a game called Viet Cong that came out in I think this game came out in like 2003 maybe yeah, yeah 2003. 2003 I got it right so because um, like even um, Battlefield Night 42 that came out in 2002 did not have aiming down sights you would just like zoom in on your gun a little bit and that would be how you shoot and then Call of Duty came out also in 2003 but it I think this game came out prior to that and it had the ability to aim down your sights and look through the barrel or look through the sights. Yep. But crazy. I never played this game before in my life. Never heard of it. But it seems cool. <laughs> Obviously, in this video, they're not actually aimed on the sights. I don't know why, but you <laughs> know, it's a good why. example. From back Austin's, in the day, you don't need Austin's to do pulling that. up videos of these games as we talk about them, and it's really funny to see some of them not do the things that we want them to do. Yeah, it's like, what, what was the point of all this? Yeah. Thing? Why are they just doing it all the time? Just yeah. Just do it all the time. Just showcase those abilities and aim down sights. I mean, it's kind of funny looking at these games that used to be developed back in the day. Right? Yep, yep, not doing anything. And these ones were like great graphics back then too, you know? Oh yeah, back in the day, this was amazing. Yeah. This is like grade A stuff. Yep. A lot has changed. Anyway. A lot has changed. Castlevania 2. Yeah, so then there's Castlevania 2, which was the first game supposedly that we know of to have introduced a day-night cycle. So, and that really honestly didn't take effect too much until like way later years. Because I don't know many games that actually had like a day night cycle as you're playing. Um, but this one actually did introduce that ability to where you had day and nighttime throughout the game. And this game's old too. Rolled. Yeah, look at that. Man, games have come a long way. <laughs> right? And it's crazy we're still playing games that look like this, just, you know, mo- more modern graphics and stuff like that. But, like, there's still side-scrollers all the time that are oh, coming out. Nighttime. The guy just said, what a horrible night. And then it was night. And then it went night. And there you are. The whole world has changed now because it's darker. Yeah. What is this guy doing? Really? He's popping bad guys left and right, you know? Yeah, there's just no stopping. Yeah. Anyway. It's amazing. Well, I like how. Well, I wonder who who did the first like day and night cycle that was more like as like a dynamic as it went on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Wow is a good one because it actually followed the sun in real time. That's pretty crazy. Depending on which time zone you picked or what server you picked, which is which time zone. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But I mean, now the day and night cycles go pretty quick in Wow. Yeah. Wait, did it follow the sun like in real time? Like. In that yeah, era? so it would start getting evening when it was evening. Oh wow! Yeah, so if you only played at nighttime, you were always playing WoW at nighttime. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Cool, I guess, but it's, it was kind of cool, but it was annoying sometimes. It's like, yeah. I don't want to do this at night. One right. Day, one day. That's crazy. So, um, maybe they still do it like that. I thought they kind of switched it, but it's been a while since. Yeah. Playing, so. So, dynamic weather was recently introduced in a game that you probably wouldn't expect. Wow. But Dynamic Weather was first introduced in a game called Microsoft Flight Simulator. And this is the original Flight Simulator, which looks real old nowadays. But it is crazy to watch this because it was... Now, you got to you gotta go back, like, like look for the, the OG. Like, take out Dynamic Weather entirely and just look for Flight Simulator because you're just going to get the new one because it's also called Flight Simulator. Oh, God. Maybe original? Oh, my gosh. Whoa, is that the original? 
I think it might have been two point though. We actually had the dynamic weather, but yeah, that is the original. And then it looked like it looked even crazier. Okay, this so this used one, to fly. Nineteen eighty two was the first one. Nineteen eighty four was a lot better, significant jump. And then I think I've played this one. Nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, number three, like actually introduced like a semi three D world. I mean, that's impressive. Like they actually had like Here you go. I played this one ninety three right there. I mean, look at that. Like there's actually out. buildings in the game. And yeah. Like three D geometry and stuff, and you could look around your camera in ninety three. There we go. 1996. So technically this game had 3D turn around your camera before Super Mario did, if you think about it. That's true. Really, I mean, Flight Simulator, I think, did did first on a lot of stuff before any other game ever did. Like, they had 3D models and stuff like that. They had dynamic shadows that were really good. They introduced, like, a massive world that you could explore. Like, there's just so much stuff in this. Wow, look, you can actually see. I mean, it looks like there's stuff in the background for reals. Yeah. Fully modeled cockpits, like that wasn't a thing, but this was a thing in Flight Simulator from the back in the old days. Like the first game had that. Wow, what the hell are we looking at? Oh, that's clouds. Wow. Yeah, it's like Minecraft clouds right there. Honestly, yeah, I remember playing some of this and it being pretty interesting. Yeah, but I could not get into it. I just couldn't play it. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. It's it's a very slow. I mean, it's funny, methodical game. Like friends that I used to hang out with, like their dads would have a computer and have Flight Simulator. Oh yeah. And I was like, that, that was like the thing back in the day. Like, you know, older people were playing flight simulators. Right. And then, yeah, it quickly died off in my opinion. Well, now look at me. I'm an old, this is the first one I ever played, 2002 flight simulator. And I'm an old person now and I play flight simulator and I love it. Yeah. Because it's so beautiful. But it's like, but you play a bunch of other games. Oh, yeah. And nowadays. So you're saying like, like that's all they did? Yeah, that's like the only game yeah. they had. I, I found that kind of like interesting. Well, if all you play is Flight Simulator, I would love to hear from you and get your thoughts on why you only play Flight Simulator. You know what I mean? Um, and 2006, it really changed. Oh, yeah. It's Look beautiful. Guys. That. that was the last big title until the one that just came out, I think. There it is, 2020. Yeah. We're looking at it now. Yeah, it's gorgeous now. Man, it's basically real life now. Yeah. <laughs> that all doesn't yeah. do it justice. That's like not even full 4K, I don't think, right it's there. Probably not. But anyway, yeah, it's it's incredible what they've done to it. Um, so then Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, which is getting a remake here, or re, remastering here pretty soon. Parkour. And she was parkour. Yeah. So parkour was not a thing up until this game. And then we got in like Sands of or we got it in Assassin's Creed. And then now we have in like every single game we play. Because um, just, I mean, Dying Light 2 is going to have it. Dying Light had it. I mean, people just love parkour. And. It's was made famous by Prince of Persia Sands of Time. It's pretty awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I mean, Assassin's Creed really took it to the next level. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was when we could like climb up everything. I mean, well, well more things it, you ever could before. I mean, it was third person, the camera followed behind you. And bef- and that's more uh, dynamic than Prince of Persia, which I remember playing the original one. And you had, I mean, it was pretty linear. The camera would follow you, but like you were looking at your person. Third person, but like almost static camera. Oh, you, right. you can move your camera around or whatever. I don't think so. Let's take a look. Yeah, maybe I got to maybe I think of a different game. Well, you fucked up now. Prince of Persia. Gameplay. What is Prince of Persia? What do they do? Oops, I'm just videos. We got a video. Here we go. Is this a trailer? All right. Well, good enough. Probably. 
Oh wait, this is uh, which one is this? This is a this is original. Is it? Should be. I don't think so. No, this is not the original. What is this? This is one of the spinoff Prince Persia's they did. Well, that's dumb. I played that one. This is it. That's a remake. Is it? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it has the word remake in uh, it. <laughs> I guess it's Sands of Time, huh? Yeah, that's the name of it. We are going to find this game. That's it. There we go. Look at that. You found it. Good job. Thank you. Okay, I guess you could change. Well, let's see if they get to like one of those moments where you're jumping around and stuff. Like climbing sequence or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's parkouring off of stuff. Hey, that's pretty cool. Parkour! That's pretty cool back in the day. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there's like a bloom effect going on. Oh, yeah. That looks pretty static right there. Yeah. What's he going to do? He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, God. Oh, I don't like that camera. Yeah. Oh, God. And he yeah. fell. Okay, so it looks like when you're climbing, it is a static camera. Yeah. And when you're running, you can move it around a little bit. What's he doing? This but not in both cases. Man, look at the animation back in the day. <laughs> I know. I mean, it was badass back in the day. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's just static camera. And it moves as you progress in this, uh, what do you call it? I gotcha. Puzzle. I never would have guessed that you could grab on that wall right there. I know. It's crazy. Unless you played it. <clears throat> That's right. All right, last one we have to talk about is Deus Ex, the first Deus Ex. It was one of the first games to introduce a morality system, nice. meaning you had choices, and the choices you made mattered. And then it introduced what was called a branching narrative. Mm. And then from there, we just had more and more games do branching narratives and led the way, paved the way for Mass Effect. And, uh, you know, games like Detroit Become Human and pretty much every game we have that it lets you make choices in the game. And it was done with Deus Ex back in 2000. Man, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, 21 years ago. <clears throat> branching paths were a thing. <sighs> Yeah, I think the first one was really Mass Effect for me. Yeah. and Because that, like, blew my mind. I really enjoyed that game and I have a lot of fond memories with it, obviously. Of course, yeah. Wow, looking at this one. This was 2000, you said? Yep. This was must be on PC. Oh, yeah. I think this is a PC exclusive. Man, this would have been sweet back in the day. Right? Man, I missed out on Deus Ex. I played the second one. Yeah. It was okay. I love Deus Ex. It's great. It was pretty good. Second one was pretty good. Third one, not so good. I don't remember the third one. You didn't play it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. What was the second one? Uh, uh, We'll find out. Because there was like uh, several of them before. Human Revolution was the first one I played. Yeah, that's the one. Human Revolution. That's not a second one, though, I don't think. It's not? No. There was a, I think there was more. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think, uh, and then Mankind Divided was the third one, or the, the last one that came out. Yeah, Human Revolution is one I played, and then... Yeah, Deus Ex Invisible War was the second one. Oh, okay. And then Human wow. Revolution was the third one. So they had one in 2003, and they never had one until 2011, and then they had Mankind Divided in 2016. Yeah. I did not like that too much. Yeah. I never played Mankind Divided, but... It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I love you some humor revolution though. That was really good. And now that same team is working on um Gardens of the Galaxy. That's awesome. So there you go. 
All right. So that's a little bit of the games that have fundamentally changed the way we play games today. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's games like Battle Royale and stuff like that, which I'd say go to like PUBG. But I feel like there was also games prior. Oh, there was games prior to that because we had a Arma that had a mod that was, was an Arma, I think, that had that. Or no, it wasn't Arma. It was Daisy that had it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was that, like, because PlayerUnknown did a mod for another game prior to Taking making PUBG. Yeah that had like the battle royale mechanic. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things we could get into, but it would make for a way longer podcast than we want to make. So with that said, um, thank you to Fox for submitting this question through our review. So if you guys want to, you know, hear us talk about something on the podcast, you can send us a message at hello at, you can send us a message at the innergamer.net or you can go on our discord channel, check out the link in the show notes. And we're going to take a quick break, come back with our free games of the month and our video game releases before we wrap up and come back to you in your ears in two weeks. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week. Actually, looking forward to next several weeks. Let's talk about our upcoming video game releases and the free games of the month. So for the month of, what are we in now? July? We're in July. Holy shit, we're in July. We've made it to July, everybody. On Xbox, if you are an Xbox Games of Gold member, you're going to get Planet Alpha, Rock of Ages 3, Make and Break, Conquer, Live and Reloaded, and Midway Arcade Origins. I don't know many of these games. I don't don't know many. I know know Conquer and Rock of Ages, but... Oh, you do? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Was, cool. I played on the Switch. It was fun. Oh, there you go. So those are the games available if you want to get those for free. Uh, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you're going to get a Plague Tale Innocence on the PS5. That's pretty sweet. It's a good game. Highly recommend. What I've heard. Yes. Play it. Definitely need to jump into that one. And then if you're on PS4 or PS5, you're going to get Call of Duty Black Ops 4, the full game. Pretty wild. World War E or WWE 2K Battlegrounds. <laughs> World War E. <laughs> <laughs> World War Electronics. Um, and then Virtua Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. So you get a lot of games there on the PlayStation as well. Three games, four games, actually. That's pretty wild. That's a big upgrade from normal and uh, pretty solid titles. So definitely a banger for the PlayStation. And then we got some games coming out. And obviously, because we are taking a break between this and the next podcast, uh, we are going to have more games to talk about for each upcoming video game release segment. But the first one is going to be on July 8th, and that is Sam and Max. This time it's virtual, coming exclusively to the Quest. <clears throat> Sam is a dog in a suit. Max is his naked, rabbity partner. Together, they're the freelance police. Jump into the not-quite world of Sam and Max via the wonder science of virtual reality and join the multimedia darlings in their never-ending quest to slap the stupid grin off the face of evil and on the ninth monster hunter stories 2 wings of ruin is coming to switch and pc a new adventure awaits you in the second installment of the turn-based rpg series set in the world of monster hunter become a rider and form bonds with friendly monsters known as monsties to fight alongside them as you take a part in an epic story i did did monsties that is not a typo that is not a typo it's fortunately <laughs> real unfortunately maybe on the 13th, we have Where the Heart Leads on PS5 and PS4 on the kind of stormy night that can change a person's destiny. An enormous skin hole, sinkhole opens in the middle of Whit Anderson's farm. Braving the rumbling thunder and the driving rain, Casey, their curious golden retriever, ventures too close to the gaping maw and tumbles in. Just desperate to save her, Whit descends in the darkness and emerges in a realm beyond his imagining. 
It's an indie game that looked really cool, so I was wanting to talk about it. Might have to check it out. Yeah. And on the 16th, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is coming to the Switch. Take this, take to the skies, draw your sword, and experience the earliest story in the Legend of Zelda series. Join Link in his high-flying quest to save Zelda, a childhood friend who you must confront her destiny, who must confront her destiny, soar between floating islands and descend to the treacherous surface world in this updated HD version of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword game. Will we get it? Unsure. But maybe. I probably won't. But you can. <laughs> Feel free. I don't know. And then on the 20th, we have Monster Harvest coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. In Monster Harvest, you are collecting monsters and farming in an action RPG with a twist. Grow, collect, and mutate your crops, and then take them into battle. Filled with places to discover and multiple ways to build your farm. Get ready to craft, explore, and battle across the vibrant world of planimal points. Nice. And lastly, Death's Door also coming out on the 20th to Xbox NPC. Reaping souls of the dead and punching a clock might get uh, monotonous, but it's honest work for a crow. The job gets lively when your assigned soul is stolen, when your assigned soul is stolen, and you must track down a desperate thief to a realm untouched by death, where creatures grow far past their expiry. Yep. Is that how you say that? Sure. Expiry. Expiry. Yeah. It's a, a lot of games, you know? Seriously. There's, there's a lot weeks. of games. Not like a huge amount of stuff, like a huge excitement there, but Monster Hunter Stories looks kind of interesting. Where the Heart Leaves yeah. looks cool. Death Door is cool. Monsters Harvest, maybe. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So Interesting, man. Lots to dive into this month in July, everybody. And that's going to wrap it up for the show this week. Be sure and check us out two weeks from now on July 20th. Not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. For more from your favorite video game podcasts, if you like what you hear, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, we are still streaming every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash gamercast. And sometimes on Thursdays. And sometimes on Thursdays. If you want to support our show, you can donate on our website at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and streams even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, please take time to share this episode with a friend, family member, or loved one, or share any of our content. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for continuing to support. I'm Austin Perales. And I'm Brett Yanoski. And you've been listening to the New Gamer Podcast. Catch you guys next week. Podcast out, 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 out.